Welcome to episode 34 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing training through pregnancy, Bulgarian split squats, and muscle knots. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 34. I had a little more fire today in my intro because we just announced our pregnancy or Lauren's pregnancy. Is is, is it ours? I feel like it's partly. I mean, it's 50% yours. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully. 100% for Um, sure. So, yeah, I I don't know if you guys have noticed in the last bunch of episodes, I mean, Lauren has quote unquote been sick or not feeling well or super tired. And yeah, a lot of that has been just... Lauren fighting through first trimester. <laughs> I mean, there will be. I mean, I think the last four or five, you were, you had just you. We as soon as we got home, you crashed, and I would wake you up. You're like, we have to podcast, and you would get up, and you'd just be so groggy, so tired, and like, okay, fine. Oh my god, I was so tired. I've never felt that tired before. It was like this <laughs> new kind of fatigue that was just like pure exhaustion. But, but you you pushed through, powered through, and. Um, I mean, as soon as the second trimester hit, it was like night and day, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it was literally like one day I woke up and I was like, oh my God, all my energy's back. I feel like a normal <laughs> person and I don't want to throw up. This is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So now I'm feeling great. So the last couple of episodes, I've been much happier, probably sounding a little bit more like myself, a little perkier. But We probably would have um, announced it uh, probably a, a week ago or a little bit earlier than that, but yeah. um, we were waiting to uh, go down to New Jersey to see my family to tell them the exciting news. Um, so now we are what thirteen weeks? Almost fourteen. Yeah, almost fourteen, 14, 14 almost weeks. The size of a lemon. Lemon. Going to be a peach. Going to be a peach. <laughs> so yeah, we're super excited. Needless and I to also say, I learned to say I'm pregnant in Korean. That's how I to- we told Jason. Oh yeah. Na imshin heseyo. Yeah, there you go. Like, that was probably actually your best run through. <laughs> I got a little nervous when we were actually telling She them, spent so. the entire four-hour car ride trying to perfect it. <laughs> I was so nervous. And you, you, you still froze a little bit before, right before. I did. But then right when I saw their faces, like as soon as I said imshin, because I think that's actually the word pregnant, yeah. right? then I saw their faces and they, were, they knew. So then I was like, no, oh, whatever else I say is yeah, yeah. bonus. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. that's been exciting. But that leads us to our first question, actually. Yeah. Um, so the first question came from, uh, let's see, okay, from Brenna Schaefer. And she asked, with Lauren's exciting announcement, congrats, guys, could you discuss recommendations you have for working out while pregnant and modifying the workouts as the pregnancy progresses? Um, so we did a an entire episode or, like, at least a big piece of an episode on this a while back. This was in, like, the first uh, three, four, five episodes, but yeah. it was like, it was a good 15 minute segment where you spoke just purely trimester by trimester, exactly how you should go about it, uh, based on, you know, your recommendations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now you've, you've got a little bit of personal experience for the first trimester, at least. Definitely for the first trimester I do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go over some general, just guidelines in terms of training, um, women through their pregnancies that we've learned and, you know, used throughout, we've trained many, many women, um, through their pregnancies that achieve. So, um, first trimester, like the big considerations are that you're most likely just exhausted and potentially nauseous. And so you just have to take it a little bit easier. Um, there's not a lot of 
exercises that you can't do or that are like inherently dangerous for you. Um, although I will say from personal experience and from knowing other women that anything laying flat is super painful because your boobs get really sore. <laughs> um, so really like if you're a trainer and you're training pregnant women, try not to have them laying flat. It's not dangerous for the baby at that point. Like there's no reason you can't lay on your stomach, but like laying with your chest flat on something is actually super painful um, for most women. So. I think we, I think we both knew that. Um, we did, yeah. And we kind of, you know, take that sort of stuff into consideration, but you relate to me like how much so. I was like, was. oh no, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> like any slight pressure. Yeah. So, um, so, so keep that in mind. Um, try not to have, you know, pregnant women doing like seal rows or like yeah. even rolling, like segmental rolling is something that we do. That was totally out for me. Yeah. Um, so that was that. And then, yeah, just kind of. If you are the person going through the pregnancy, um, trying to take it easy on yourself. I know for me, um, I knew, like I've said that to so many people <laughs> that I think I was prepared for it. And I was I was definitely not really hard on myself um, for having to definitely take a step back in my training. I went from four days a week to three days a week. Um, and sometimes it was one of, you know, some of those days were... 20 minutes of foam rolling and yeah. a couple squats. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be about <laughs> it for set. today. Um, knowing that you're, if you're moving at all, like if you're, you're doing what you can, that's great. It's awesome that you can do anything at all in that first trimester. Just get, you know, get some movement in so that you're maintaining some of that. Um, but don't be too hard on yourself if you can't get through a whole intense workout. Um, in terms of the exercise selection though, pretty much anything goes in the first trimester, unless anything's particularly uncomfortable. Um, second trimester is when we want to start being careful of, um, you know, certain positions if they cause discomfort. So like push up or plank positions right now, I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm almost 14 weeks. I'm like, I don't feel any pressure on my abdominal wall when I'm in a push up or plank position, but there will be a certain point where that does happen. Um, and once that happens, I would get out of those kind of push up positions. Yeah. Um, just because that putting pressure down on the abdominal abdominal wall, um, when you're with your belly facing down toward the floor, gravity is going to help to basically separate your abs further. Um, and you really want to try to avoid that ab separation as much as you can. It's hard to avoid it completely. Um, so trying to get out of those, those positions. Yeah, actually, I mean, one of our members, I mean, she was doing like weighted pull-ups before her pregnancy. So I kept in pull-ups, um, just because it was something that she had been doing prior, but in her second trimester towards the end of it, um, she was experiencing a pulling sensation on her abdomen just from being in an outstretched pull-up position. And so we took it out right away, obviously. But yeah, anything where you're really going to stretch it out can affect it, yeah. which is something that I hadn't considered before. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, you want to start limiting time spent on your back. And it doesn't mean that you can't do exercises on your back. Um, even today, I just posted on Instagram doing some bench pressing. <laughs> yeah. um, but you want to limit it to less than 60 seconds laying in the same position on your back. Um, there's a vein that uh, that can get, like the weight of the baby can press down on that vein. Um, and it could be harmful. So it's one of those things where you just, it's just safer to avoid it. Yeah. Um, so, but being on your back for a short amount of time is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, third trimester is like the considerations just continue to be 
the any any outward pressure on your abdomen, um, laying on your back, kind of the same deal, but also with the consideration that now you're probably a lot bigger, you have a, a large object in your way, <laughs> um, and you have weight more weight on you, and so those things are all going to add to the difficulty of your workouts, and you want to modify accordingly. So third trimester is when we t- start to take like lighten the load in terms of weights. So for squats, we might go to body weight squats as opposed to maybe in the beginning you were doing kettlebell squats or goblet squats. Um, and yeah, just knowing that you're still getting stronger because you have more weight on your body. So you're continuing to, to maintain your strength. It's just in a different way. Um, and those are kind of the main, I mean, I went into more detail in the last one, but I think those are kind of the main things to consider. Yeah. Did I skip anything? No, I think that's perfect. And yeah, I think the constant battle is trying to not compare yourself to previous days, right? Even though you hear it from everyone in the world and you know, if, even if you know it for yourself, it's still just going to be a constant thing. So, um, continuously just reminding yourself and putting things in perspective on what you're doing. And, um, yeah, it's just like impossible to, to, to be in a better fitness shape, I guess, than before the pregnancy. But yeah, but um, yeah, you're during a pregnancy is not the time to like hit any PRs or do anything new. It's really just about maintaining what you've been able to do and, and staying strong for giving birth, which is going to be the hardest physical task you ever really do. So it's going to be, that's, I mean, that's kind of what should motivate you through your pregnancy is like, this is something you're almost training for this event mm-hmm. essentially. And that's kind of how I'm thinking about it as well. Yeah. Um, and I, and I guess a, a way, like if you are someone who like really previously has tracked things like strength gains or like how much weight is on the bar and things like that, it could be good just to think about it in terms of consistency and put that sort of like marker of progress on your, the way, the, how many times you come into the gym or how many minutes you're able to work out. Cause you know, sometimes you, you worked out like 10 minutes. You're like, I, I can't do anymore. Yeah. But other days you were in for 40 minutes having a really good workout. So you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also not only not comparing yourself to yourself, but also not comparing yourself to other women um, who have been pregnant and yeah, trained that's true. Um, because <laughs> even um, one of our members, uh, another one who uh, she had mentioned something about seeing other women, do kettlebell swings during their pregnancy and she was like i'm gonna be one of those fit like pregnant women who can do swings and then when it got time for her to like try out swings around her third trimester well she had been doing them consistently but it was around her third trimester she just wasn't feeling comfortable with swings and we were like that's okay like you don't have to do swings and she's like but i wanted to be (laughs) i wanted to be one of those women and we were like you know that just doesn't matter it's not worth putting yourself through something uncomfortable just because this is what you had in mind. So a lot of it is about being adaptable, allowing yourself the freedom to say, Hey, this doesn't feel good. And I don't care that everyone else said it was fine. If it doesn't feel good for me, I'm not going to do it. Um, so, you know, your own body. And if you're training women who are pregnant, ask them all the time, you know, how, how are things going? Does anything bother you? Anything? And ask them if you can ask them specific questions. Another thing that they may be experiencing is round ligament pain, um, which is pain that runs or the ligament runs from like your hip flexor and sort of up your abdomen. So it's, it stretches as you're making room for the baby. Um, and that can be very painful. And so there are certain women that are going to experience that. So just keep checking in on people. How are you feeling? How are you? How are your um, ligaments feeling? Are you fatigued during your workouts? Do you need extra rest? Are you are you feeling any outward pressure on your abdomen? Asking those specific questions um, can help guide you as a coach and knowing where to where to go with their programming as well. Yeah, and like we we've had people now that are on their second babies and, yeah. and have had their second babies, and 
it's interesting to hear the total like uh, oftentimes just complete opposite experience like if the f- first pregnancy was easier the second one might might have been tougher or vice versa yeah so you just never know there's just, just so many extraneous factors that you just have to be constantly just adaptable i guess right. yeah yeah cool cool all right so that was question number one and then yeah check back at podcast like four or five i think yeah um for a really in-depth rundown um of each trimester all right number two is from asher tsl uh, they asked, hey, Chief Fitness Boston, I tried your method of how to set up for the Bulgarian split squats, which are great, but I do have a question. Why do I feel more sore cramp- slash cramps on my back leg compared to front leg when I go down into the split, split squat? Would appreciate your answer. Thanks. Um, this could happen for any number of reasons. Um, a lot of times it happens due to some sort of mobility restriction in that back leg. So if that back leg hip flexor or quad is a little bit more restricted um, as you descend down into that um, split squat position um, it places a lot of stress on that area and if it's not necessarily ready for that it could just sort of seize up or spasm and telling you hey like this is a little bit tight (laughs) back off a bit (laughs) Um, when that happens what we usually do is instead of Um, Bulgarian split squatting or rear foot elevated split squatting down to one RX pad. Um, We'll just do it to two pads. So just to minimize that mobility restriction. Um, And then what we'll do is during the warmups or maybe even in between sets, we'll try to do some sort of hip flexor or quad stretching to and foam rolling to help uh, potentially alleviate some pain. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only other thing is that like it's possible that there it's just a matter of your intention too with where you're pushing into the mm, if true. you're pushing with your front foot into the floor or if you're pushing with your back foot into the bench um so you want to try to think about that back foot as being almost like a um an assistance foot whereas the front leg is what's really doing the work so when you're once you reach the bottom and your knee is hovering right above the ground trying to think about driving your front heel down hard into the floor as opposed to pushing down with the back leg um if you're pushing hard with the back leg that will mean that your back quad will start to play a lot more into the scenario. Um, whereas if you try to relax that back leg a little bit more, that front leg will do more of the work. Yeah, that's actually a good point that I didn't even, um, I totally didn't realize. But yeah, if their front foot is, let's say, not being utilized as much, that back leg is contributing a lot more while it's being stretched. So right. it's being stretched and you're trying to actively use it and then it just basically just freaks out and like spasms out it's like stop (laughs) yeah so so it could be a combination of those two things or it could be just one or the other yeah cool Cool. all right and then third question is from from mahad musi mahad musi 29 um hey guys oh what that's good Okay. Uh, fitness question. What are, what are muscle knots and where do they come from? Also, do they go away naturally through massage or through stretching? Thanks. Um, so muscle knots, um, it's kind of like a, uh, misnomer almost cause there's not actually like a knot, like a, like a rope knot in, <laughs> in your muscles, but it's basically like, you know, healthy muscle fibers and tissues. They are, let's say just like imagine a piece of string. And then imagine a piece of string underneath it and over it and just multiply that out. And a muscle knot or adhesion sometimes you hear are basically like clumps of those fibers where they kind of get like, kind of get like um, clumped together a little bit. 
And this can happen for any number of reasons, whether it's overuse, like let's say a runner getting knots in their calves, um, something like uh, someone who sits down at a desk all day and are constantly in a flexed over position. They can develop a lot of knots in their upper back. Um, it could also be just um, you know improper form with things. So if you're constantly doing um, certain exercises with less than optimal form, muscle knots can occur in those areas. Um, even stress, just mental stress or um, breathing um, through your chest and your shoulders instead of down low through your diaphragm, that can create muscle knots. So there's a whole host of reasons why it happens. Um, you know, we're not, we're not experts in this at all. Um, you know, it, be, this would probably be better serve for a massage therapist. But in terms of just like a f- training aspect, what we're constantly trying to do is just have people move better, breathe better, and just be in a less stressed state overall. We're trying to get them to, um, yeah, just, just be in a better, healthy fitness shape. And as a byproduct, most of the time, their knots go down, their tension goes down, they're able to move and access their mobility better, and just good things happen. But uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about um, very specific muscle knots and how that might impact your fitness, I guess. Yeah, I mean knots I it's like so crazy I used to have this one spot in my back like it was behind my shoulder blade mm-hmm. and a lot of people have the same spot and I was constantly uh, using a lacrosse ball to try to get it out yeah like constantly against the wall with a lacrosse ball like digging into my shoulder blade and it just always was there yeah and it never changed until I learned about like proper breathing mechanics mm-hmm. and also kind of lowered my emotional stress levels a little bit in terms of like I was very um I've talked about it in the podcast before but very emotional about uh, my body image and it took up a lot of my my brain space and it also made me do things like suck in all the time and Mm -hmm. kind of like have my shoulders up toward my ears all the time because I was because I was sucking in and creating this horrible breathing pattern and it created this massive knot in my shoulder and I had no idea that that's what it was from. And as soon as I started to both like kind of relieve that emotional stress and start to breathe better, I I haven't felt that knot in years. Yeah. And I didn't do anything about it. I didn't get like deep tissue massage or like nothing like that. It was, or I did, I tried all those things and nothing helped. It was just learning how to breathe, learning how to actually decrease my stress. So some of it, some of what you're feeling may be more like, tension um than even like a specific like issue with your muscle yeah i mean um i mean way back let's say like seven eight years or so i mean i was heavily into bodybuilding type of workouts where i was doing tons and tons of chest work and back work and it wreaked havoc on my shoulders um just bench pressing constantly and i would hear i would hear like the rice krispies like crackling sound <laughs> if i tried to raise my arms overhead and it just felt like everything was so tight all around my shoulder girdle and lacrosse ball work and foam rolling really helped at least from a short term standpoint but it would always just come back and it wasn't until i just kind of like took a took a little bit of a step back in terms of not hammering away just to have a better physique and took my health into perspective that a lot of those knots ended up going away. So a lot of people really focus on muscle knots and they get massages all the time. They go visit a chiropractor all the time. And it's like, if you need these interventions constantly, then it's time to take a look at your just everyday lifestyle. Are you being hydrated? Are you sleeping enough? Um, take, take a look at things from a more of a holistic standpoint. You might need to hire a coach to look at your program, to look at your form. Um, just all these different variables come into play. 
Um, and yeah, it's just yeah, having muscle knots is totally normal. And I, I, I don't think you should take, you know, I don't think you should be like focusing too much on that specific aspect, I guess. Yeah. Unless it's affecting like a sport that you play or something yeah. that you want to accomplish. Like if it's create, causing so much pain that you can't accomplish something that you want to do. Um, in that case, definitely seek out a good massage therapist um, or chiropractor or PT who can actually do some manual work. Um, because if it really is like a more of an injury type mm-hmm. knot, um, you're going to want like more intervention than just a foam roller or a lacrosse ball. So, yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I guess actually to be fair, um, I guess we're talking more in the lens of, uh, more like chronic, chronic, or yeah. chronic stuff. But if there is something acute, actually foam rolling lacrosse ball work is the first thing that we'll go to. And a lot of times it does help alleviate pain. And then we can take a look at their program or their forum and see where these issues might be coming across. And if there's still an issue going on, then we'll definitely refer out to a physical therapist or, um, chiropractor or whatnot to, uh, take a look at, to take a look into it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, actually, there's one more question about, um, best fitness book and best business book. Um, and they mentioned becoming a supple leopard as their most recent, um, book acquisition. It's from Erica W 89. Um, so it obviously she must be like very much a fitness enthusiast or she's a coach potentially. Um, in which case we probably recommend advances in functional training by Michael Boyle. Um, that's one of the first books we recommend to any of our, um, newer coaches to get them just a general understanding of how movement training works. Um, so that's probably my recommendations. Do you have anything from your end from the um, fitness side of things? From the fitness side of things. It's funny. I feel like a lot of the books that we even still recommend are actually a little bit old, but like Oh, rules. you know what? I mean, we haven't even read this yet, but I'm dying to read it. And I think it's probably one of the best books out there right now is conscious coaching mm. by uh, Brett Bartholomew. So he uh, used to work for Exos. Now he works as a, Coach for what team? Um, I think he's just solo, just working with professional athletes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, he wrote a book about, um, this is more of a, so I guess it's not a pure fitness book, but more of a coaching book on how to approach coaching. Um, I've heard tidbits from it and we recently need to read it, but um, I know if you're a coach, I think that would probably be, probably be one of the biggest recommendations right now as ter- in terms of new books. Um, but yeah, advances in functional training, supple leopard is really good. Um, movement is one that's like by uh, Greg cook is one that's a little bit more technical, but definitely one to potentially look into if you're interested in more of the functional movement type, um, yeah. systems. And then, yeah, if, if let's say Erica was just, um, just a lay lay person in terms of just general population looking to get into, have a little bit more insight into the fitness side of things. Um, we really like the new rules of lifting yeah. series. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are actually like pretty old, but still a lot of the information just isn't widely adopted yet. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's common knowledge for coaches for, for most coaches, but just to the general population, they, it, like they'd be very well served into reading, um, new rules of lifting for men and for women. So, yeah. 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 Um, as far as best business book, um, the two that we really like and have um, really kind of paved the way for us has been the E-Myth, um, especially for coaches looking to become gym owners or just anyone from like anyone who is technically sound in something and wants to open up a business and isn't too aware of how to run a business. That book is just unbelievable. It's a really quick read. It's like it's based off a story. So you're just reading like just like a fictional story, but it just makes so much sense when you're actually reading it. 
Um, and then the second book is Start With Why, which is more of just like a take a, taking a step back and figuring out why you're doing this thing in the first place. And if you understand your why, your mission, your values behind the thing that you're trying to create, a lot of other things just start to fall into place because you just know um, in your heart that you know that these decisions are the right decisions. And it kind of just the path just almost unfolds in front of you as long as you're very clear with your why. Yeah, definitely. I love those two. And then if you're going to be in a customer service uh, industry, like a, like a fitness industry, um, also Raving Fans and The Nordstrom Way are both really good customer service books. So yes. not as much about building your business, but I think that most of sustaining your business is customer service. So totally. once you build it, you need to sustain it. And I would read some customer service books. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Perfect. All right. I think that about wraps it up for today. Yeah, maybe you should close, actually. this We figured this out 34 episodes in. You should probably close. <laughs> That's true. That's that kind of rolled, rolled off the tongue. That was pretty easy. <laughs> that about wraps it up for today. I can say that. There you go. All right. Cool. So. Uh, all right, cool. So please DM us any more questions that you have at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. Oh, I'm not, I don't know this part. You know oh, okay. this part. Oh, okay. and oh, I can do it. Oh, and please, please, I'm being Jason right now. <laughs> please, please, if you have a spare moment, could you uh, rate, us, rate and review us on iTunes? She's literally <laughs> clutching her hands together right now. I'm, I'm praying that you do it. Because um, that's how I feel. Jason's always like, oh, and oh, pretty, pretty, please, can you? <laughs> it's asking a big favor. Because <laughs> it it, it's kind of a hassle to get out of the, the app. Yeah. It, yeah, but please do it. <laughs> <laughs> we we really do appreciate it, and we read them, and we get we feel really nice when you do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, um, and we're we're finally excited to actually share the news with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.